on the new Bay Hub podcast. Get, get, get the deep Bay Area vibe. Bay, 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 Bay Hub podcast. Let's go! Two Bay Area guys, Domingo and Neil. This is it. This is it. Once upon a time in a place called Oakland, California, a special kind of dance was conceived. It was called Boogaloo. Sometime in the mid-60s, a cultural political art movement was happening in the Bay Area, consisting of Oakland, Berkeley, San Francisco. Black Panthers, hippies, Hells Angels, radical groups of one form or another were walking the path of political change. So basically to say... Oakland and its surrounding areas were going through a variety of philosophical changes. All of this, though, is well documented. What is not documented, however, is the dance movement that inspired in Oakland, California. The Oakland Boogaloo Conservatory was created to help preserve Oakland's legacy and history involving the creation of Oakland Boogaloo's dancing and all of the moves and styles associated with it. Although many of the dancers that were involved in the late 60s and 70s have moved on to other careers, their legacy survives today in the younger generation that still partake in the Boogaloo style. Oakland's run lasted about 18 years, starting in 1965 to 1983, with Gentlemen of Production bringing to a close Oakland's Boogaloo's era. And today we have a special guest that represents that era and gives you a little bit of the history of what happened during that time. So I welcome you to the Bay Hub podcast table, OG Mike. This is like recently or throughout my whole life, dance has been around my life. Um, music, dance, singing, celebration, arts. Um, there's, there's people in your life that you have made connections with and that just stand out right and they're just so original so genuine so free liberating uh, liberating in their just the way they move and the guest we're about to have on today is that type of person um when i met this gentleman uh <laughs> i was playing golf at uh in alameda uh with my friend tara shouts out to tara and we were just goofing around and just just shooting balls. And I'm not very good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not. But it was fun because I'm a lefty and I have left, left-hand cl- clubs. And we were playing. We were just goofing around laughing. And we are playing next to this gentleman. And he was just launching them, <laughs> launching these balls. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. And we ended up getting to talking. And uh, we are talking about, I think, Callaway clubs. And uh, we got to talking, and dance came up. I think you, I think he asked me if I danced or something like that. Something came about where we were talking about dance and and breaking and and hip hop. And uh, one thing I was really impressed, and it kind of t- took us back, is when he he was like, "Hey, I can show you guys." And he pulled over right in the middle of the aisle and just started boogalooing and started breaking. And I was like, "Wow, this is so amazing." Got the guy's number, and um, yeah, and next thing you know, I'm starting to see him at uh, festivals and uh, dancing, and boogalooing, and I saw him on the internet, saw him on the news. This guy is uh, the man, and um, I want to welcome uh, to the Bay Hub podcast, uh, OG Mike is on is at the table, man. Welcome, Mike. Yeah, uh, how you doing? Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> um, so a little bit of history um, about Mike. Um, well, you were in your sixties, se- late seventies, late um, early seventies, mid mid sixties, mid sixties. Um, so the history uh, about OG Mike. Um, now is it OG Mike or OG Mike Chaos? It's OG Mike. Okay, so OG Mike. So that's your Instagram, OG Mike Chaos. Yes, that's correct. Got it. Okay, so I want to know because you're part of many many groups. 
Um, you're part of the Oakland Boogaloo Conservatory and part of the uh, the players, right? The prime primetime players. And that's a, a Boogaloo crew. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So can you break it can you go past that or before that and tell me what how did you come about gravitating towards the the breakdance culture the hip-hop culture um what was going on throughout your childhood that made you say yes this is what i want to do i i'm i gravitate towards this culture well there there are a couple things um first uh i have to take you back to when i was perhaps uh like seven, and uh, grandmother is taking me in downtown Oakland, and uh, you know we're walking maybe to Capwell's uh, <laughs> department store, you know perhaps picking up some shoes or whatever. <laughs> but the the amazing thing about that time we're talking about maybe um, you know uh, mid to late sixties, you'd find these people in the store window. They weren't mannequins. They were actually people dressed up in the clothes that Capwell's was selling, and they were posing. Oh, live. And, and, exactly. And so before mannequins were around, you actually, they would hire people to pose in the clothes in the store windows. And, you know, I don't quite recall if it was like a 20-minute or maybe an hour. But, you know, as little kids, we'd stand there just to see if we could see them move. Because they would be frozen. Yeah, they'd be frozen. Uh, you know, they'd have to be good, too, because uh, if you strike the wrong pose and you're not selling the clothes, then, you know, I mean, there are a lot of people that could take your place. So it was, yeah. it was highly competitive. Um, I mention that because uh, uh, when some of these cats would be done with their shift, they'd come out to the corner and they'd pose on the corner. They'd put a little hat out or something, and uh, we'd walk by them and, you know, um, uh, I'd kind of look back and my grandmother would kind of tug me, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's that. To that, see if they move, like to see if they get out of any reaction out yeah, of them. Yeah, I was, I was just curious, you know, I was just, you know, what are they doing? They're, they're like standing still, you know. <laughs> um, but that was kind of like my, the first thing I saw. Um, I know I was talking to, um, Chuck Powell from the Black Messengers. He, he remembers the same thing. And um, he said, yeah, he, he would stand in front of that, um, that glass and he'd just watch. You know, did they move? Yeah. Are they moving? You yeah. Um, second thing, <laughs> second time uh, I'm at um, elementary school, or no, yeah, elementary school, maybe fifth, sixth grade uh, at Bella Vista Elementary in Oakland. And um, cats would just do a lot of miming. You know, mm. they would mime maybe a train conductor pulling the switch. Uh, um, and they would just do some crazy stuff. Uh, this is during recess or just? Yeah, dur during recess. Yeah, you know, lunchtime. You know, I, out on the, uh, the blacktop. And, uh, um, and then when I finally got interested, uh, it was in junior high. Um, we're talking 72 and um, someone broke into the uh, we, we were having an assembly someone breaks into the sound booth and starts putting on some music I don't quite recall what the music was it could have been I don't know I'm thinking back maybe firecracker or, or something like that right yeah. I, I, I'm not exactly sure but all of a sudden all these dudes are coming out onto the floor and we're talking about maybe 30 30 people just dancing and hitting moves and i'm in kinda, unison or the, no they're just all doing just their dancing. own thing yeah, yeah. And, and we're like we're, a lot of us in the stands we're kind of like what is going on <laughs> like what is this thing and so i went home and um you know i i'm in the mirror and i'm trying to do what i saw and you know, my mom thought I was having an, an issue. Like a, <laughs> having a seizure. Yeah, epileptic seizure or something. You know, I said, what are you doing? You know, are you okay? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's kind of like when I started. And then I, I got a huge break. Um, I'd say maybe uh, the next year, uh, I met my friend's house. And 
knock on the door mom answers oh he's in his room just going in i go into his room he's cutting up that's what we used to call dancing in yeah those he's cutting up and i said dave i didn't know you could do these moves i didn't know you could dance dave was really good yeah so um <laughs> i w i want to learn what you do and he he didn't believe me he says no you, are you serious he says yeah so from that point on it, it was like um from like 73 to maybe 78 it, it was like um protege you know yeah teacher yeah padwan yeah so so he just basically he's your foundation of like yeah. breaking down moves and what yeah. things meant did he have like any other history because you were just you were at the birth of a lot of, of a lot of the culture um, like you saw the birth happen in front I, of your eyes i saw part of it uh you know it uh, from what others have told me it really started around 65. Mm -hmm. uh you you talk to many of the um black resurgent members and they remember you know people dancing in 65. yeah and people, um man that broke we were more like third generation because mm. before us came uh pirate and the easy walkers uh their stepping group could have been like the first major group in Oakland. Then you had um, one plus one. That's like second generation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, along the line, you had the William brothers, and they they were a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, the um, what I think I think that is the William brothers. Uh, I can't remember the name of these guys, but they would they would be in the line. And then uh, one would start and the other would start and the other would start. It was like a, a wave, like a wave. And then one, yeah. one guy was bald. I can't remember. He was a bald guy. Well, the, that, that could have been, that could have been um, um, gentlemen of production. Okay. They, they came later. Okay. So that was Dub, CEO. And uh, yeah, they, um, you know, it's funny. Oakland's history, when you look at it from maybe about mid-60s to 84, you had all these groups, they all looked different. And uh, they were kind of like the last group out of Oakland. And I believe they went undefeated. In competition. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they were incredible. They were, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I'd say if you, if you were going to mention all the major groups in Oakland, you start with um, uh, the Black Messengers, the Resurgence. Uh, you know, you'd have to, you know, say something about Granny and the Robotroids. Uh, Derek and company uh and then of course you know the gentleman of production mm -hmm. now that's out of Oakland that's not counting all the other groups right. outside right because right. there there are some major groups yeah uh, I'd say late 70s uh early 80s that you know were coming up and they, they were something else mm. so these like um were these happening at parties or like the competitions because I remember as a kid because I, I I was born in 74, so I remember, like, Boys Club was a, a major area where they would have competitions or, um, because these weren't in theaters, they weren't in, like, studios, they weren't at, like, concert, like, hall rooms, you know, like, this was, like, either right, in the street right, yeah. or uh, somebody threw a party, like, where were you, f where were you watching these, these group, these crews? Well, so um, you, you have to, I mean, you might be able to verify this yourself because, you know, the time you were born, you know, the, you didn't really have computers. Right. There were no phones. No you, phones. You, you had your dial phone, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so a lot of these competitions would happen at like um, uh, talent shows, like high school, you know, middle school talent shows or junior high talent shows. Um, you had some major ones out of Richmond and the Oakland Auditorium, I think, had some major talent shows, uh, 73, 74, 75, perhaps. Mm. I know it was like four or five of them. I, I just mm. don't remember. Yeah. I remember the 74 one because I saw that one. Um, so the, the thing of it is, is that it was extremely protected when you had a group and you were doing moves, you just would not let anyone see those moves. 
because people would steal the moves. Oh, yeah. So, there's no copyright on a move unless you're... Right. Yeah. The wow, only, I didn't think about that. The only time they'd see the move is, is either at a talent show or yeah. maybe you were at a party. Right. But even when you were at a party, you didn't show your best moves. Interesting. So, so, you, so you could be in a neighborhood, let's say in, in the 80s in Oakland, like, uh, you know, East Oakland. And you could have another group just maybe three doors down. And if you were competing, you know, you wouldn't show them your move. Yeah. You know, because that can be used against you and then claimed. Right. Because yeah. there's not really a license for for moves other the, than just the code of the streets. The the other thing that's amazing is that um, the the styles and the moves would change constantly. Uh, like the stuff I do maybe only occurred for maybe three months and then it just went away. Interesting. And, and it went to something else. So when you look at kind of the finger popping I do, that's just like maybe a small period of Oakland mm. in a you know, small time period and, and in a certain area. Yeah. Because you had to Region. think about the area. Uh, people in, in West Oakland didn't dance the same as people in East Oakland. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, that, that's a very interesting question because how did someone learn if they wanted to learn, you had to know someone. Yeah. yeah. Word of mouth. Prodigy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the trust, like you had to gain the trust of that so, person. So I remember in wow. seven, 78, 78, uh, you, you might notice I have this signature move where I kind of shuffle my feet. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think anyone, not too many people do it. I, I see more people doing it, but um, I learned that from a cat in uh, Antioch. Now, I had to go up to Antioch <laughs> about four times. To catch, this, to catch no, these moves? No, because, because you had to get to know him. Yeah. And uh, he was a good friend of a friend, so we'd go up there and visit. And eventually we agreed to trade moves. Oh, wow. That's the move he gave me, and I gave him the, the figure eight I do. Yeah. You know, the yeah. little snap and figure eight, yeah. so, because he wanted to know how to do that. <laughs> and uh, But he was originally from Oakland. He told me, yeah, he got that in Oakland. Uh, and again, it was probably people were doing it briefly. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, for all the other things. Uh, there's some moves that they, they would do a lot, like the swoop. Mm -hmm. You know, that's one move that seems to transcend time. Uh, I don't know if you know what that is. No. Well, what what, what moves do you know now that's happening? Oh, I don't know the what? names of the moves. I mean, the, ru the running man is one move. Yeah, right? yeah. Everyone knows what the running man right, is. Well, yeah. if you're an Oakland boogaloo and someone says a swoop, they know what that is. Okay. So that, gotcha. So. That's crazy. So how did you become into a crew like when did that happen? Because I mean, you had your prodigy, you were a, a prodigy of your friend that taught you some moves, and then you started developing your own moves, going to these, watching these competitions. When did you meet up with the? Was it the Oakland Boogaloo first, or was it the primetime players? Well, I I didn't. How did that become about? Growing up in the seventies, I really the only person that I had contact with. Uh, was um, a guy named Michael Carter. Um, he had this uh, really incredible typewriter move. Uh, I think he danced with the Messengers for a bit. Um, I didn't even know he was a boogaloo. I, I, he went to Oakland High like I did, and he was a gymnast. Oh, and wow. so I'd be in the weight room with him. Um, I think my friend who was teaching me, he knew who he was, but he never bothered to mention, oh, yeah, he dances too. Yeah. So that's like the only contact that I saw. And I, may, I saw um, one of the dancers uh, of Granny and Robotroy came up to Oakland High one time and battled someone. Mm -hmm. um, Just a local battle, like yeah, show up, so, kind of like a, a fight. <laughs> right. And, but other than that, no contact, you know. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I, you know, I get, I get married and, and most boogaloos will tell you, you know, you stop dancing for a while because life takes over, you know, yeah. you get a job, you, you get married, you have kids. Yeah. 
So right around, I'd say, 2004, I came out of retirement. Uh, well, no, it was, it was, yeah, I think it was 2004. So, mm. um, and what happened was um, I got better internet. Oh, because more my, access to my, information. My internet was slow. I, yeah. I you know, I, got, I would get free internet because I was a teacher, but I got faster internet. And um, so I'm checking out, I believe it was YouTube, and I decided, you know, I'm going to see if I can find the lockers in Swan Lake when they performed at Johnny Carson, right? Mm. Um, and I was shocked. And, and 15 minutes later, I realized the dance never died. Yeah. Just it, transformed. It, it it was happening all over the world. Yeah. I mean, I was in shock. I felt like someone who was in a coma and who lived uh, next to uh, maybe Great America, you know, their whole life. But you're in a coma and you wake up and you realize you missed out on all the fun. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I, I, I want to have some fun, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, no. I want to so catch this wave. I met Doc. Uh, with the group mechanics, they were having these sessions over in San Francisco, so I started going to those sessions, got to know Doc. That's uh, Sal. Sal. Sal Doc Locke? Yeah, Sal Barsena, Doc Locke. And, um, you know, uh, I met uh, Money B uh, out of San Jose, the San Jose Playboys. I got to know them. Um, I got to know Lonnie from, you know, Pop-Tart. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I met, uh, you know, Boogaloo Dana, um, Tommy Faso, you know, all these incredible dancers I met. And um, it was like jumping into a brand new rabbit hole. You know, it was like discovery after discovery. And it's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. You yeah, know, surrounded by talent, you know, skill. And, and so, you know, I... Um, I think uh, uh, my coming out party, it was a, um, an event in San Francisco at the auto show. And I remember asking Money B, because my footwork wasn't all that great. And Money B's footwork was incredible. So I asked him, hey, uh, how do you work your feet? And he just gave me some great advice. And I started experimenting. And I, I don't think my footwork is as good as Brian's. But I think I've improved it quite a bit. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, it, I, I didn't belong to any group, but this was a time when then I all of a sudden I started meeting Chuck from the Black Messengers. Uh, I was introduced to him through uh, Plick Plock, mm. who was in another group in um, uh, Richmond. Mm. I think he was also on Demons in the Mind. <coughs> So I met all these people, and I just got to know people. And but then a huge shock hit, and I I kind of knew this after I was on the internet. Um, I saw this one group I'm not going to mention their name, and I thought they were from Oakland. Mm -hmm. They were doing Boogaloo, and so I sent them a message. I said, "Hey, what part of Oakland are you guys from?" And they never answered back. And then 15 minutes later, I realized, oh, wait a minute. This group's not from Oakland, but they were doing an Oakland routine. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, and, you know. Interesting. Um, and you caught on to it right away. You were like, okay. So. They got to be from a certain region. Long story short, um, uh, we wanted to get the word out that, you know, a lot of this dance, a lot of this boogaloo, actually originated in Oakland, so we started the uh, Oakland Boogaloo Conservatory. Um, so it, it kind of created this whole uh, synergy. Uh, you know, I wasn't the first one to do this. There were others before me that kind of got the ball rolling, and, and they were also purviewers of, you know, Oakland's history. But now we, we feel like um, the word's gotten out there, and... So we're fine. As long as we get our history out there, you know, the, yeah. we'll, we'll let the chips fall where it may. Right. Um, so the Oakland Boogaloo Conservatory, is it just, I mean, it's a, it's a library for the history it, of Boogaloo and dance or? Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's, so first of all, uh, I have, to, I have to say, um, uh, the contributor, the main contributor to it was um, uh, Chuck Powell. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like the co-producer of this. Um, if it wasn't for him, it wouldn't be up. Because mm. Chuck has incredible knowledge about the history. And um, so, yeah, it's basically, it. it's a com- just a compilation of Oakland's history and who was dancing, what groups they belonged to, if they did. Um, so who, when, you know... Um, we got some interviews on there. We got some podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some stories. Um, so, and then video, you know. Uh, you know, it's a site that, uh, that I, you know, me and Chuck started. Um, I need to pay more attention to it. I haven't added to anything to it in a while. But, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. Uh, it's like a library of collection. One thing I've... I've known is that there's not a lot of footage you know based on you know back in the 60s and the 70s it's very rare to see those things you had to either be there or not be there exactly um which is is double-edged sword because you kind of wanted to preference back and say yes this actually happened look you know as proof but then you have people like you that were there to tell those stories which is great because, I mean, that's why you have this conservatory to actually tell these stories, right, and bring people in. I'm assuming you're bringing other people in, like other dancers, to tell their story um, about that era. Uh, yes. So um, I think I've interviewed uh, Chuck was on. I've interviewed uh, Brian, uh, a.k.a. Money B. I think I, inter- I interviewed a few people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I kind of want to get going on again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, I, I think the story is still being told. Yeah. So, um, but you know, the, the sad side of this is that we've had a lot of dancers pass away in the last, yeah. I'd say four years. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. some, some major players that, you know, were just incredible dancers. So, yeah. um, we try to keep, you know, um, their memory alive. Yeah, that's so important. And that, yeah, that makes sense because that's part of the reason why I do this podcast too is to have people tell their stories. Um, one, like two people I actually missed. <laughs> it was uh, my godfather, Lee mm-hmm. Williams, and uh, he was a poet, a singer, and a musician, and just an extraordinary man. But I, and he would tell me stories. Like he would say, yeah, like he was. He grew up in the 60s and 70s in Oakland and just the, the whole, the Latin, the Latin funk era. Um, my dad was part oh, of that too. Pete and Coke Escobedo. Yeah. Yeah. Pete and Coke Escobedo. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Escobedo yeah. family. And so my dad and my godfather played with those bands because there was a bunch of, there was a handful of musicians that played for, you know, Pete Escobedo and, and the, the family, Sheila E. And, mm-hmm. um, so th- that community grew, and so he would tell me these stories, and I'd just be enthralled, like, wow, like, you were there. Like, you were in that circle to, like, tell those stories and to be there, um, which I kind of missed because he passed away, you know, like, five, six years ago. But um, I'm glad you're doing that because it, it's so important to have those stories be told. Um, yeah, I even do... I do a series with my pot, my children too, just to let them know like, Hey, this happened. What do you think about this? And then, cause it's digital. You can always go back yeah, and listen yeah, yeah. to it. So it's a, it's a footprint. So yeah, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're doing that. Cause uh, it's important. And so with you not really particularly in a crew, but you're in the community. How did it, were you competing at all or? Uh, well, um, I did enter some competitions. It didn't end well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it turns out that uh, a lot of the competitions, uh, you had to be a popper mm-hmm. yeah. um, or, you know, you had to do a certain style and, and I really didn't, you know, fit in. And well, let's face it, when I started back, I was terrible, you know. I mean, I mean, I see, I see video of myself, and I'm, I'm laughing because, oh my God, I, I, I don't look all that great, um, but you know, it, um, 
what what we did was, you know, me and Doc, uh, we decided to start our own two-man mm -hmm. crew, which is called the Primetime Players. We would invite others in, to, and we do routines with them. You know, Bryce uh, Hill. Uh, you know, we've had some turfers. Mm -hmm. um, and do pieces together. Yeah, Chuck. Chuck w has joined us a couple times. Uh, and... Um, yeah, so I, I found out that when it comes to performing, I'm just a big-ass ham. So <laughs> <laughs> I just like getting out there and dancing. So. Yeah, that is one thing that's very special about you. Um, it's funny because uh, the last time I saw you, um, it, was at, it was at the uh, Almanac Brewery. Oh, yeah. You remember that? And uh, people were out drinking ha having fun it was a beautiful day and that day was the my friend's passing we would uh ride our bikes around alameda mm -hmm. so it's a bunch of us you know from alameda they would ride get together ride the bikes and go to the brewery and have you know have a couple of drinks and so we ended up there and i, I brought my son actually my, i have video of, of you and uh we're just hanging out, and then you you show up. We're like, "Hey, OG Mike," and a few of my friends know you. And I was like, "Oh shoot, you know Mike too?" Yeah, yeah. And then you just started doing your thing, and it was so amazing, uh, especially to see my son being there. Because first of all, I'm with my my crew, my friends I've known for 30, 35 years, and we're all together. And then to see you, an extension of like. When we met, it was very intimate and special. But knowing that since the last time I met you, it was just like all these things kind of flourished. And then you were the OG Mike. And so when somebody says OG Mike, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Like, yeah, that guy is a, a boogaloo dancer. Like, he, he'll just come out and just start dancing. <laughs> and that's what you did, which was so cool. I really appreciate it. And it was like, yeah, man, like you're doing stuff that you love to do. And you're not giving any excuses to not do it. You're like, no, this is this is what I do. This is this is my heart and this is my soul. Yeah, it's a bad habit. <laughs> <laughs> I I sometimes I just can't help myself. I yeah. Just, uh, I I remember uh, there was a time when um, uh, you know I I met this one guy named Levant, right, and. He saw me on Grand Avenue, and I was on some corner, and someone was playing music, and I was hitting moves, and I think there was almost an accident. Because <laughs> people were watching? And he's driving by, and he's laughing, and I think he, I forget, I, I don't know who I was meeting, maybe I was meeting him there, but yeah, it's just, it, I, you know, sometimes I go a little overboard, and it's a bad habit. Boy, I don't just, think so. Please don't. <laughs> I, I love it. Like, I'm... You don't see that very often. Okay. That's why I'm saying it's so rare to see. And the reason why I say it, it was so cool that my son was there is that it was a, a, a picture frame of liberation. You're doing stuff that you love to do. You're not apologizing for it. You're just doing it because it moves your soul. And so I'm an, I'm an MC, a DJ. I do stuff that I do. I love to do. You know, play soccer, play basketball, like those things are ingrained in me and those things I need in my life for healing to express myself. If I can't know how to say certain thing, I can move that energy in a different way by moving my body, writing, creating, podcasting. Like there's things like that that are so fruits to the bowl, you know, or a seed to the ground and that you're doing that and he got to see that and it was like yeah like that's what's up um yeah i, I mean i do enjoy doing it uh for me it's kind of like um it makes me happy uh sometimes it's a spiritual offering um you know um sometimes uh it it helps me detach myself, you know, so just empty your mind, no thoughts, and you just let the spirit take over and yeah. see what happens. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but 
It's, yeah, it's, there, there it goes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like channeling and then patterns, right? You're thinking patterns and moving mm-hmm. through things, which is, is amazing. Um, are you coming to the Dance Fest next, next week? I think we're scheduled to be at a car show. Okay. Um, that day. Yeah, so, yeah, we get... Um, you know, people contact us, you know, weeks in advance and uh, um, to perform or. Yeah. I mean, they, they want to know they are. Are you going to be there? Are you going to be there? So uh, <laughs> they've been bugging us for this one car show. So I think it's Saturday. Nice. So, we'll, you know, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dude. So you and Sal and the primetime players. You guys started dancing when? When was when did this take place in the um, late 90s, late 80s? Oh, well, no, we we met um, around 2004. Oh, okay, then that's when you came out of your retirement. Got it. Um, we would work maybe twice a week or once a week. Well, actually, we, we were at one time, we were practicing three times a week, but always once a week at City Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, at the old location before they uh, close that down. This is um, Oakland. No, this is San Francisco. Oh, okay, City Dance. Um, you know that's where we met um, uh, Moose one time. I don't know if you know who Moose Mm-mm. is. Moose is a b boy, and we met him as a small kid, and he was the one that took a video of us that went viral so many times. Oh, it's the same video, <laughs> and. Uh, so I, I want to give a shout out to Moose because um, he lives up in Sacramento right now and his he's b-boying and he's gotten very very good. Mm. But yeah, he was he was b-boying down in San Diego. Um, but uh, yeah, 2004 we started uh, performing or uh, we definitely started performing around 2004, um, and it was crazy. Uh, you know, before COVID hit, we had maybe six to eight routines. Mm-hmm. And we'd go out at first Fridays and we would just literally clean up. I yeah. mean, it was crazy. Yeah. They they kicked us out one time because um, <laughs> we didn't have a permit, but we had put a speaker down and we just go, we would go nonstop for <laughs> like 40 minutes. And I remember uh, twice this happened, we made close to 450 bucks. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I, first Fridays, uh, I think the vendors were complaining because, you know, we're taking money away from the vendors. Interesting. So I thought that was the whole purpose of first Friday. <laughs> People can just play and express themselves. So, you know, we kind of hooked up with uh, Johnny. Um, Johnny, uh, that's his name. That, the, the younger kid, right? Yeah, J- Johnny Turfink Lopez. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we've been. If it if it's not the primetime players, we've been dancing for Johnny for quite a while, and sometimes we hook up with um, the Turfines, and sometimes we hook up with some of the um, uh, older dancers. That, you know, from I think the Animaniacs they are called, or, mm. uh, Architect Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's probably one of the first groups out, Architect Z. But mm. yeah, the, the, if it wasn't for the turfing community, I probably would have stopped dancing a long time ago. Really? Just like because you just, thought it was dead or just... No, I mean, they have events. Yeah. You know, and the events that uh, they have, it's just, it's a lot of fun because it's the current music, you know, and you right. have to learn how to dance to the current music. Right, yeah, it's different so, frequencies, different uh, rhythms. It, it took me a while to learn how to do that, too. It just Modify it's not, and change. It's not hitting to a beat, it's more writing a beat. You know, so, so it's on top more. Yeah. So if you can write a beat, then you can really make it look good. Yeah. Wow. So you and Sal, Doc Lock, and then Johnny. How did Johnny come into picture? Because I remember he was hanging out with you. I would see him with you on a, on on many occasions, either online or on a news channel. How did uh, that come uh, about? Johnny, I I hate him i love him uh <laughs> he's, he, an, he, he's like uh my second son uh, yeah he irritates the hell out of me sometimes <laughs> uh, i'm sure I'm, i irritate the hell out of him too so. yeah but um <laughs> he was actually a student of mine at san Leandro high 
Oh, oh, wow. Around 2004, actually. Um, oh, nice. And uh, he was a knucklehead, you know. He was... Uh, uh, Wild. He, you know, I think he was a gangbanger, although not really, but, yeah. you know, he belonged to a gang. He wore certain colors. I, I'd kick him out quite a bit. <laughs> um, you know, he, he eventually... But the funny part is, is, you know, after high school... Uh, he goes into a program, gets his GED, becomes a nurse. Then he's then he's making more money than me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> and, got his got his and, shit together. So he he has you know he gets a couple of houses, gets a boat, you know all this stuff. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that, <laughs> hey, but it, the fact that you know in America you have these programs that you can excel at something. If there's opportunity, you take it. Right? Yeah, so. and ride it. And he did, and uh, I, I give him a lot of props for that. But um, I met him uh, later, probably around 2008, when he started uh, um, his company, Turf Inc. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he had started it yet, but um, I decided I, I went to um, down to East Oakland because I wanted to meet some of these dancers and see them. And, you know, they were next door to, uh, uh, what's the high school in East Oakland? Uh, Castlemont. Castlemont. And so they were next next door at this um, uh, nonprofit organization. I can't think of the name of it, but um, that's where all the dancers would come. And they'd learn filmmaking. Uh, they had a dance studio. Mm. So it was kind of bizarre. I, mm. I go in there and... I, I knew a couple of the dancers. I think uh, Scorpio, I, I sort of, I, I didn't know him personally, but they recognized me. Mm. So they let me come into the dance studio, so I started cutting up to the music, right? And the thing about that dance studio, it's small. And it's it's got a glass, like it, it's the got walls. this, the walls are glass, so yeah. you can look through it. Yeah. And so there's an outer area that people can watch. Yeah. I turn around and it's like there are, like, I swear, 40 people watching me dance. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow, this I, is the thing. I, I felt like a, a, a fish in a fishbowl. Oh, this is kind of bizarre. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, and then Johnny was there. And Johnny says, hey, um, uh, weren't you my teacher in high school? <laughs> he didn't even know. Oh, wow. And I'm looking at him. I said, oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. Uh and so that's how we met, and he, he had no idea I danced, right? And I had, I had no idea that he danced. So that's how we, that's how we met. And No um, way. Wow. Um, I remember I judged his first event at, uh, um, at a um, place called Tiny's in East Oakland. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're the ones that uh, like to do the what what do you call it because i oh tattoo artists uh -huh. See, I, I don't have any tattoos <laughs> it would write on their bodies okay uh a tinies yeah, tinies in east place. oakland yeah they're, they're actually they're well known hmm. yeah um but yeah that was the first event i remember intricate his first battle i remember strobe was there um you know, these are all, you know, big name turfers now that mm -hmm. they, they, they're worldwide. They're yeah. known all over the place. Yeah. You know, they've gone to New York. They've gone to Europe. They've gone all over. So. Nice. And so based on just the the performances, like people started like. You're starting getting more opportunities of of the media and like how did that all happen because it was. Well, that's strange. So strange. That it's is like that. Boom. I was like, oh, shit, that's Mike. So, you know, I, I've often wondered why I go viral and others don't. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's it's bizarre, you know, like, uh, look, I there are some dancers that I like watching. Um, I, you know, like one of the dancers then I watched quite a bit of was, you know, Brian Moreno, Money B. I mean, the stuff he was doing in my mind was just, I couldn't figure out why isn't he going viral? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I could show you videos of him right now where it just, it's mind blowing what he does. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet I go viral and you know, that's, uh, the, one of the big questions. I mean, th there was one time where me and doc, we, uh, 
we were at one of the, I think it was the first uh, Boogaloo barbecue. And so we did a quick routine. It got on YouTube. I think it went something like 60,000. But Lad Bible got it. And we couldn't believe it. It went 600, over 600 million views. Damn. And the 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 artist that we were dancing to I, f I forget the name of the song but he actually came on and said he was like inspired oh wow you know but um, reached out to you guys to eventually you. yeah eventually lab bible had to, i i don't know why they took it down but they mm. took it down mm -hmm. but yeah that was incredible and it, we we were able to do some analytics on it it seems like most of those hits came from mexico Really? Yeah, most of the views and just um, the the reposting and just the the likes. Wow! So you looked at the the demographics and say, okay, wow, yeah. this is all all this energy is coming and, from and, Mexico, and that was off Facebook. Interesting. So, but and you know we've gone viral so many times. Uh, you know, sixty thousand here. Uh, you know, maybe two hundred fifty thousand there. I mean, it just and and a lot of the. A lot of the viral videos came from that one video Moose took. They just kept replaying it. And yeah, we're so sick of that video. <laughs> it caught the essence of the but, of what you guys do. But Moose showed up to um, uh, <laughs> to City Dance one time. Say, hey, can I can I take a video, you guys? So we do a quick thing, and we you know, I mean, the last thing we thought that this was going to go video, you know, viral many yeah. times. Um, but you know. Um, so then, you know, things kind of calmed down, uh, still go viral. We got kicked off of Facebook. Um, why that was the whole, uh, woke thing, huh? uh, when, you know, the Boogaloo brothers were out there and then they thought the term Boogaloo meant anarchist. Oh God. And so, what? uh, they actually kicked me, Chuck and, uh, Dub off of Facebook because we were, running the uh, Oakland Boogaloo Facebook page. Uh -huh. And they said we were anarchists. What? All they had to do is go on the site and see that most of the people on there were African-American. Yeah. And, and it's about dance, right? Yeah. What? So that that uh, that was incredible. That was... Um, was this in two, that late... Oh, what, 2009, 2010? Yeah, th this was... Uh, but it's been a while... Um, I'd say at least six years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, it was before COVID hit, definitely. Yeah. And so we tried to get back on. I think Chuck and Dove finally got back on. I just said, I'm done. I'm done with Facebook. So I went to Instagram. Yeah. I actually had an account that I never used. Mm -hmm. So, and then I just kind of got new life on Instagram. Posting. Uh, yeah, posting. And I just started going viral on there. And then COVID hit. And then uh, that shut everything down. And then I come back, and Johnny has this event at um, Westfield Mall in San Francisco, and it's like the first event after COVID. And so, and he also has some sort of contract with uh, uh, this this kind of like small TV network, right? Where they they it's put like you public, on public public uh, right public so, TV. Yeah, so they put you on all the social media sites, and and so they would go on at a certain time. And so Johnny, he wanted the judges to come out and dance when that started because it would start at a time. You know, no one wanted to come out, so he just looked at me and says, "Yeah, just go do it." So I I go out there and I start dancing, and I have uh, uh, Randy McFly. I, I have him. First thing I do is, "Hey, Randy, come give me the you know the shock treatment because." <laughs> I need some energy, so he shocks me. We've done this before. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, awesome. and then they're playing. I forget what song they're playing, but all the turfers just went nuts. Yeah. And so that goes viral, right? What do people see? They see an old white dude dancing in front of uh, you know a bunch yeah. of uh, young kids of color. Young right? kids. Yeah. And so I got a lot of heat for that. You got heat for it? I thought it was so powerful when I saw that well, video. I mean, the most so cool. most of the comments were, you know, they they were, I'd say ninety five percent of the comments were just positive. But mm -hmm. 
you know, a few of the comments, they were saying, oh, uh, how come you're stealing our culture and all this? And I'm wow. thinking, I have no idea what. Wow. You know, I took it with a grain of salt, but um, the funny thing is, is that what people don't understand about that video is there's a backstory. And the backstory is that, you know, when I started dancing with all the turfers, you know, we'd be at First Friday. They'd always let me come in. In fact, sometimes I'd be walking to the cipher that they were having, and they would just open it up and let me dance. Right? <laughs> you just walk right into it. Yeah. It's like, and, all right, um, on. <laughs> so, you know, we were, you know, I, I, I consider every one of these turfers friends. Uh, you know, I know them all. I, I have a high respect for them. Um, I don't think there's a turfer I dislike. Uh, I know there's like... A, you know, there's beefs, beefs going on. I just stay out of that. Between I mean, crews. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's but, normal. So when this happened, it was like old home week. And uh, they just went wild. And he says, yeah, let's go. You know, so. And yeah, that was so powerful. Because you and I guys are all dancing yeah. at the same time at one point. I was like, this is crazy. I was like, this is, this is something. You know, it's very rare. So I think that's part of it, too. It just it takes people back. Yeah, they don't yeah, respect, yeah, yeah. you know, an, an an elder man, you know, a, a white and and the culture of, you know, predominantly black or Latino, but uh, you coming out and then actually delivering, and then you start getting to know you, and it's like you've been doing this for a long time, so it's like respects, and you give respects too to the younger generation. I think that's super important too, because in hip hop culture, break culture, graffiti, uh, MCing, it's not pegged to be a certain, ra it's everybody. It's a, it's a melting pot of art, where you came from, how you present yourself. Like in the era, in the golden era I grew up in, it was all about originality. Yeah, like yeah, You yeah. had to stand out. You couldn't do somebody else's moves or you couldn't recite somebody else's lyrics. I remember that. And like, that was a big deal. Like did, you had to, or did, you would get booed off stage. Did you ever go to those like Mighty Four events in San Francisco? Mm -mm. What's oh, that? That was uh, the four attributes of hip hop. Mm. Uh, I, well, I think it was four, but one was graffiti, one was DJing, you know, the b-boying, yeah. you know, the dance, uh, the spoken word. Dope. You know, yeah, so um, those were amazing. Uh, people come from all over the world. Yeah. Those mighty four. Yeah. And it just kind of died away. So that's why I'm, I'm so thankful for you and like people like Micaiah that are still pushing and to keep the culture alive because it won't survive unless we are sharing and doing, sharing the art, doing the art, being the art, and then inspiring somebody the, else to the, continue. Yeah, like the next generation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, it's only shown if we're out there doing it. Or, or you know, uh, I, I relate this to my, my kids, too, because it's funny. Um, my son is 15 and my daughter's nine. And they're, they really haven't grasped who I was, you know, like where I came from. I was in a hip hop group called Psychokinetics, uh, Bay Area, um, renowned. And, you know, five or six albums, traveled the world. Um, they haven't discovered that yet. I play the music for them, but they can't make the connection because it's still, like I'm long time, long time retired since my son was born. It was like, okay, I need to like really focus. And this is just my decision to like, okay, focus on being a dad and just, be a provider and ended up DJing, finding a way where I can still create, um, which I stepped into the DJ world and was still able to create. But still, it's like, um, I think just recently they started realizing, like, oh, wow, dad, dad knows some folks. Uh, we did the, hiero, the hieroglyphic mural. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Dave painted it um, on High Street in, in Oakland. And he called me, he was like, hey, you want to DJ? I was like, sure, man. Like, and so I brought my kids and showed up and they were like, kind of taken back, like, whoa, like, you know all these guys? <laughs> like, wow, you're part of this? 
And so I think it's so important that we continue to keep showing the youth what the culture is about. You know, it's like a, it's kind of like a personal responsibility. Yeah, hey, shout out to hieroglyphics too for keeping this stuff alive. Right, thirty yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> man, I mean, in doing and dealing with the record companies and just the whole politics of it, and still creating, finding a way to keep going. You know, and that's what I see in you, OG Mike. Like finding a way to keep going. Um, it's what drives you. It's what you're passionate about, and so. I'm I thank you. Thank oh, you for okay. for being who you are. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Like uh you got any other shows coming up or you said you had the car show coming up. So, do you have anything else in the pocket that You, you know, know, it's funny. It just it just happens. It just I mean, shows, yeah. yeah, just, you know, all of a sudden something comes up and uh we what we are doing is we since since covid we've been able to rebuild three solid routines we have a fourth one we're almost done with and we're also working on a fifth routine uh where it's just all new moves mm -hmm. so uh, mm -hmm. we're we're trying to recreate and sometimes that takes time yeah 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 i mean you're this is not all that you do you're a a, a teacher yes i teach math at uh mount diablo high school yeah um, uh, that's a job unto itself. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so you do that and then still find time to, to uh, practice. Yes, and, and yes, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's so important, man. Do you have anything you would like to say to the peeps of just shout outs to anybody? anybody um, we're going to promote your Instagram account. and. Okay, yeah, shout, shout out to definitely Doc Lock, uh, Sal Barsena. Uh, uh, Chuck Powell, he, he's been a huge inf inspiration. Uh, turf Inc., uh, Turf Fiends, mm -hmm. uh, all the turfers uh, that I've met through the years, uh, they've been a huge inspiration for me, and I just, you know, want to thank them too. Um, and I'd say all the people that follow me, and look, I get some amazing followers, you know. Uh, people coming out, like sending you messages? Like well, what? yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, some of the people that follow me are just incredible, you know. Um, you know, and uh, I just want to thank them for being there, too. Uh, you know, um, I got some DJs that follow me that are pretty amazing. Nice. Um, some, you know, famous people. Uh, some, I get some strange followers. Stylebender follows me. Nice. <laughs> And what? Yeah, uh, I couldn't figure out why until I found out the guy's a dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had no He's idea. a breaker. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, I get a follow. Wow. I, he follows me. Um, E40. Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, there's just so many out there. That, That's J, J Rich follows me. Damn, what? Uh, yeah, that, that was another. I didn't know who he was until I, oh, he's a basketball player. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, I think he's playing for Miami right now. But yeah, it's just, so what do you think about all that? Like, I um, mean, just based on, okay, these people are worldwide known and and masters at what they do. I I you know I think that, you know they they follow me because they see something that they enjoy, and if I can entertain people, if I can still entertain people, then I'll keep going. Yeah, and that's what it's really all about. You know, if I can reach the inner child of people and. You know, you know, just brighten their day every now and then. And then hey, I've done my job. Yeah. Because let's face it, I mean, it doesn't really matter how many followers you have on Instagram. It's like playing with Monopoly money. Yeah, it's all, yeah. So, yeah. It's just like whatever. <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, know. exactly. It's all like just, yeah, it's a, it's a board game, basically. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. Because I, I have the same theory about just social media in, in mm -hmm. general. And the reason why I do this is like I'm not here for the money i'm here for the story and sharing and and the story sustains us and keeps us going yeah and people learn mm -hmm. education like they're learning i know for my kids like they're they're learning through listening not my daughter doesn't listen but my son does but like they learn like oh wow these things these people are actually local first and talented and accessible 
and I get to like enjoy and learn and, and, and be educated about these different parts of art and culture and different perspectives of what people are in the Bay, you know? So that's why I'm so happy I do this because it's, it's, it's awesome to share the story and we can share stories individually, but now it's digital. So you can, anybody in the world can hear it and, and listen and get something from it. So thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. So definitely check out OG Mike chaos on Instagram and, uh, Check out uh, his website as well on the uh, Oakland Boogaloo Conservatory. And that's .com. Is that all one? or Yeah, yeah all one word, OaklandBoogaloo.com. OaklandBoogaloo.com. But if you search Oakland Boogaloo Conservatory, you'll hit it. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm, I'm actually going to read the intro um, post-production after we get finished. I want to read that because it was really important because it kind of broke down the, the history. And uh, where it came from, and uh, it was really informative. So, yeah, man, thank you so much, dude. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, OG Mike, please follow him on Instagram. He's got his uh, shows. I'm sure you're going to be pr- uh, promoting those shows on your Instagram. Uh, if yeah, I mean sometimes we do. Make sure you you follow follow my man over here because he's he's incredible. All right, y'all. Peace. Deep area vibes. Topics that are current, sometimes. Fun.